stand and join me for the call to worship? Our Lord, we enter this season of Advent and our hearts echo the church's plea. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into these days to feel and hours to hurry and be our peace. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into this troubled and hurting world and be our hope. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into this season of life and be our soul's true light. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into this time of celebration and be our joy. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into our lives and be life for us now and forevermore. Come and be Emmanuel, God with us, God for us. Amen.
be seated. This is the first Sunday of Advent, and as we anticipate and expect Christ's Spirit to be manifest among us, the Spirit that's always with us, we do so also in a very tangible way by lighting the Advent wreath each Sunday for the four Sundays of Advent. Today we'll light the candle of light, and then in the following Sundays, the candle of hope, and then the candle of love, and the candle of joy all leading us to a greater sense of experience and intensity of Christ's spirits with us and celebration of this very special time of the year. So would you join us today as we light the Advent candle? Hear the words of the prophet. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness on them the light is shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Our world knows much of the darkness of fear and hatred. This day, we light the candle of light. Welcome to this time of worship today. As I've already said, it's the first Sunday of Advent, and it's a time to, to greet one another in the name of Christ. Today, as we gather together, we hope that those who are visiting with us uh, have felt and experienced the, the warmth of this family of faith here, but also to know that that is a direct um, manifestation of the Spirit of Christ within us. Southside Baptist Church is here in the heart of Five Point South, building an inclusive community of grace first in this community and then beyond. And we do that by experiencing the wonderful fellowship here, but also lifting our voices, offering our lives in worship of the one true and living God. Today, we want to uh, also to express that to one another by passing the peace of Christ, and we will do that in just a moment. But also remember, if you have an opportunity, to fill out the registration tablet at the end of each pew so we'll know uh, who all has been in attendance today. But now, if you would, please uh, greet one another in the name of Christ.
Would you bow with me as we come before the Lord in prayer? Oh, Lord, how marvelous is your name in all the earth. And how wonderful it is to be in this place, a place dedicated for the purpose of worshiping you. We pray, Lord, that as we give expression today to our love and devotion, we ask that the words we offer, all that we do might be received by you and bring honor and glory unto you. We ask, Lord, that you would create within us a renewed sense of excitement and anticipation of your spirit in the world, but also within us. May our spirit be quickened and may we have a resolve to listen and look for you and all the activities around us this day and each day, especially during this time of Advent. We offer this, our worship to you. In your name I pray. first reading is from the Hebrew Bible, the book of Lamentations, from the third chapter. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The word of the Lord for the people of God.
gospel reading today is found in the gospel according to Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 36 through 44. In the season of Advent, of course, it is a time that we remember and celebrate that Christ has come. We look forward to his coming again at the end of the age, but also to acknowledge that he is with us day by day in all events of life. If you would uh, stand, please, if you're able, as the gospel is read. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing except knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the hand mill, and one will be taken, the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known of what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would, have, would not have left his house to be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of the Lord. Just wait just a little bit. Thank you. I know this is different. It's on the wrong, we're on a different side today. It kind of it's all confused, doesn't it? Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about what today is. Do you see anything different in here in the sanctuary? What do you see? Advent. It's Advent, but what's different in here? What? What about me? Oh, this is different. This is purple. All right. Anything else? Well, we got this on here on the, the vestments too. On the pulpit in here, all it's purple. And we see some um, figures that are here on the, yeah, who do you think this is? Who could this be? Well, Jesus is not here yet, so it's, he's not here yet, but he's coming. We know he's coming. I mean, he, he's in our heart right now, okay? But he is coming. So that might be, how about, what was Jesus' earthly father's name? Joseph and his mother. Okay, maybe that's these two. And then there were some angels that came and announced things to both of them and told them what was going to happen. So this is what we're, what we're looking at today. But each week we look at when we do the, when we light the candle over here. Do you, did you hear what the candle was that, we, that Mr. Rusty uh, took the lighter and, and light. It's light, yes. The candle of light. Now, what does light do? What does light do when it's dark? 
What? Helps you see. Dabbling in what that's doing because that doesn't really help. It doesn't help in here, but it, if it was dark in here, what would it be? It would help a lot. It would help. You know, if it was really Just dark. Just like those two. Right. It would make a light so we can find the little makes, trees. It makes, uh, say a it again. Light. So you can find your little trees. Okay, that's true. Well, the light shines, and we're, we're talking about that for the whole theme, the whole Advent each week. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord, because light illuminates and helps us see, and we can understand about the, the uh, Christmas story, about Jesus coming into the world, and he was brought light, but he also brought hope, and he also brought love, and he created great joy for all of us. So we can hold on to those, and each week... That's right. So each week we will remember that and celebrate that so that each week in Advent is a day that we, we celebrate and, and hopefully enable us to experience Christ's presence even in a greater and, and more real way to each of us. Now, I know that you're after holidays, and so you've got to go back to school, but it won't be long before you're out again. And by that time, we know what's coming after that, right, Christmas? So Advent, Advent prepares us even for that. So you'll notice that some people are carrying booklets around, devotional guides that they have that they're looking at. And so there'll be, uh, we have those that we can read and sort of help us guide us through this season of Advent. So if you haven't gotten one, get one and look at it because your pictures are in there. Each one of you have some of your artwork in there for this Advent devotional guide. So afterwards, you make sure you pick one up, okay? So what is the candle of light, right? And we're celebrating what this season? Advent. Advent. That's right. You got it right. It's Advent. So we want to, Jack, come right here. Come right here. We want to celebrate that, and we want to remember that each week that we get a little closer to Christmas, we're also celebrating something that's is really, really important. That is that Christ dwells within us and always with us. Yes, it is. But listen, let's, let's pause for a minute. Let's offer a prayer, giving God thanks that Christ came and he is with us every day, okay? Lord, we thank you for these three that have gathered here thank you for them and ask that you would help them as we seek to guide them and that they would also help us as we celebrate this season of Advent. May we experience it with, um, with a renewed sense of excitement and joy as we approach these days. For it's in your name that I pray. me in prayer this morning. God of Advent hope, as we begin our pilgrimage this year, grant us the courage to hope in you. But as your light shines in the darkness, may we be aware of the way in which you bring your light, the light of your love, into so many people's lives. 
into the lives of our families and friends and colleagues at work, into our congregation and our local community, into our country and our world. Lord, we pray that your light might shine. As we begin our Advent pilgrimage, grant us the strength to be patient, to wait in hope that the promises that you have made to us to make all things new, to bind the brokenhearted may come true. Help us to be vehicles of your promises, to preach good news to those who wait in darkness, to fill the hungry with good things. As we begin our Advent pilgrimage, grant us the strength to pray for your presence, that in every situation of life, we might know that you are the God who has not abandoned us, but the God who is with us. Help us to pray in hope for healing and safety in your world. As we begin our Advent pilgrimage, grant us the imagination to hope for your comfort to come into the hearts of troubled people, ourselves, for those we love, for those who grieve and are brokenhearted. On this World AIDS Sunday, we pray that you would heal broken hearts and relieve the grief that pains spirits and minds and leaves many to wonder about the meaning of life. We pray that you would heal those who feel the stigma and discrimination that results from uncompassionate acts of isolation and failure to provide quality care and prevention. Lord, for all in need, on this special day, heal and make us and your church the instruments of your healing. We offer all these, our prayers, offered in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray with confidence and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
this time of year, people are looking forward into the future and some of us are counting the nights to the future and what we're looking forward to. For Gwen and myself, it's 14 sleeps before we travel to Scotland and it's 24 sleeps until Christmas, until, in case anybody was wondering. Advent's a time of anticipation, sometimes of adventure, looking forward in hope for God to come as he came so many years ago as a baby to Bethlehem and brought a message of the faithfulness of God that the promises of God for his people would actually be fulfilled in his coming. It's a message that continues to speak to us in the midst of Advent 2019. They say we're in winter now, although yesterday afternoon as Gwen and I were sitting having coffee on the Starbucks on the 280 in 75 degrees weather in the nice peaceful calm of streets and roads that are unoccupied because of something else that was going on yesterday afternoon, whatever that was, and I won't make any comment whatsoever. But it, was, it is winter, so we're told. And certainly, the snowstorm that swept across the northern part of our country brought disruption of travel to many people who were hoping to get home or to get back home for Thanksgiving and after Thanksgiving. But think of those who experience winter in their lives. Think of those where there are people with opioid addictions who walk to and fro, the barely living, their bodies wasted, their eyes dimmed in their relentless demand of chemical dependency. They ask for food, they ask for money, for anything. Often a sign made out of cardboard that speaks in the absence of words, homeless, anything helps. And yet they are still somebody's daughter, somebody's brother. Listen to the earlier expression of life that looks like to many people in the book of Lamentations. To what can I liken you? For vast as the sea is your ruin, who can heal you? You wonder, perhaps, why on earth do we read from Lamentations? Lamentations is really a depressing book. It's a book of lament. It was composed during the fall of Jerusalem to the invading Babylonian armies at the beginning of the 6th century BCE. It was a complaint, a prayer of confession, crying out to God for help in the midst of crisis. Ongoing Jewish tradition uses this section of scripture by reading it on the 9th of Ab, the day in which the second temple of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman armies in 70 CE. It's a solemn day. It's a day in which God seems distant, silent, and people feel pain. Lamentations has a title. The title literally is how? That's the word that, the, that begins the book. How lonely sits the city that was once full of people. How like a widow she has become. She that was great among the nations. She that was a princess among the provinces has become a vassal. As a title, the, the word how vocalizes the sharp stab of grief evoked by this poem. The writer mourns not just what has become of Jerusalem, but perhaps not just the beauty of what was, but a sense that the beauty will never return again. The poet grieves for hope that is lost in the past and also for a lost future. And perhaps especially the poet grieves that God seems like a stranger. 
Yet our text that we read from the very middle of the book, chapter 3, begins to speak of hope. It represents an interruption and a long poem of grief. If you've managed to get to chapter 3, you've done well, and chapter 3 gives you hope for the future. But it's a strategic, perhaps decisive interruption of a poem that takes life seriously, that knows that life is not all hallelujahs. It begs the question, when is God going to act? Lamentations, as a book, is meant to help God's people who feel a deep sense of loss, identity, hope, and a future. The poet is seeking in these verses at the very heart of the book, in the middle, to give us a strategy for navigating catastrophic loss. It suggests the birth of hope in the very midst of suffering and pain. It's pointing us to the truth of the steadfast love of God, which never ceases, that can quicken our hearts and our minds seeking wholeness. It intimates to us a return of hesed, steadfast love and faithfulness. Not a passing phase in God, but right at the heart of who God is. We often sing that hymn, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning for thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. It's a hymn that's based out of Lamentations chapter 3. It's a bold declaration of faith and hope. The light of God's love is shining into the darkness. In the midst of unrelenting lamentation over the horrific events surrounding the city of Jerusalem, it focuses on the faithfulness of God. You might have thought that it would focus on the faithlessness of the people who had brought about such catastrophic loss. But no, the focus returns to God, who in the midst of our faithlessness remains the same. The God of steadfast love, immovable, unchangeable, who although he appears to be distant, yet his steadfast love never changes. One parallel passage to Lamentations 3 is Psalm 89. It's a long psalm, 50 verses. Begins with a declaration of who God is, extolling God's work and creation and of the Lord's promises to David to never give up on the Davidic line. However, the balance of the psalm also consists of unrelenting lament about the defeat of God's people in battle. So there's a crisis of faith going on. Why are the people of Israel defeated if God is steadfast in his promises? The psalmist questions Yahweh, and they're particularly poignant following a long section in the psalm of praise to God. Considering God's promises in creation and to David, what will God say to the questions of the people when God's people turn against God, turn to God and say, where are you? Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? And yet the poet can go on to say, yet the Lord will not reject forever, for he does not willingly afflict or grieve anyone. Psalm 89 and Lamentations 3 are typical of the way in which Scripture takes our pain seriously, never dismissing our doubts and fears, 
and the anger that we often feel within our hearts. And yet balancing that with tremendous statements about how God is still faithful to his people. And so the poet evokes a creed of adjectives that intend to remind us of God's identity, his character, and his purposes. Now, the full revelation of God, of course, indicates in both Hebrew scripture and Christian scripture that our faith and trust is, a, our faith and trust is in a God who himself experienced lamentation, who himself on the cross cries, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So the pain and the lament that we feel at times is not absent from the being of God himself. This God has taken suffering and grief and even death into his own being in the person of Jesus. And yet we come back to the promises. We come back and realize that the promises of God are now and not yet. Sometimes we're more in the darkness of Good Friday rather than in the light of the resurrection. And so our cry on this first Sunday of Advent is, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Be God with us in our pain. We've heard this kind of thing before if we know the Bible well. Even if we don't know it well, we know Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd, but to say the Lord is my shepherd only really makes sense when we are in the darkest valley. And in the darkest valley, we cry out to our shepherd to lead and to guide us and to give us hope. So the seed has been planted in the midst of lament. The seed of Lamentations 3 that gives a sense of hope for the future. Our poet holds on. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Waiting. Waiting's hard. It can be a long wait. An overconfident preacher might say to you this morning, it's okay, just believe. It's only a brief test. The Lord will come through. A preacher should not instill doubt within any hearer's heart. No, life itself produces enough doubt. My task is to allow you to realize that doubt is not final that difficulty does not mean that God is absent. I want to encourage you to put a word back into your vocabulary this morning. It's the word nevertheless. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. Now faith here is not some kind of Alice in Wonderland believing six impossible things before breakfast. Faith is not believing the impossible. Faith is holding on to the promises of God, even when they don't feel that they're real. We can't exercise that faith by ourselves, at least I can't. It takes, they say, a village to raise a child. Well, it certainly takes a congregation to sustain us all in our faith. It takes the reciting of the creed. It takes the reading of scripture. And sometimes the reading of scripture, when we hear the word said, this is the word of the Lord, we need together to bolster our faith and confidence and say, yes, thanks be to God. We need each other in the liturgy, Sunday by Sunday, to instill back within us 
a confidence that God has not rejected us. Because left to ourselves, our faith will falter. It will never hold. Even together, it's difficult. But then the voice of God comes. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. God does not willingly afflict or grieve anyone. That gives us hope. Does God really appreciate how we feel? Does God really understand what we're going through? At times, it feels as if we're utterly rejected by God and sometimes by God's people. This is not a simple fix. It doesn't raise me to the clouds beyond the troubles of the world. But it does bring God into the very midst of our lives and into our terror and unbelief. It helps us to know that God is steadfast. The first word of verse 22 of Lamentations 3 is central to all that I've been trying to say this morning. It's the plural form of the Hebrew word hesed. It's a word notoriously difficult to translate. It might be read unbreakable devotion to the promise. Hesed best defines the basic nature of God. As that wonderful scene of Moses on Mount Sinai reminds us, the Lord, the Lord, a merciful God and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's Hesed. The fact that the word Hesed is plural in Lamentations 3 suggests, one commentator says, that it's not some generalized, unspecified good feeling, but actually deeds that reveal the realities of unbreakable devotion of God towards us. Unbreakable devotion. Verse 22 reads this way. The steadfast love, Hesed, of the Lord never ceases. Or as one commentator says, Ah, the steadfast deeds of the Lord. We will never be cut off. The faithfulness of the Lord. The parallel line is God's mercies never come to an end. I love that word which translates mercies. It's based on the Hebrew word for womb. When the poets reach for a word to best describe the astonishing mercy of God, they fastened on a mother's womb, imagining God's love to be like that unique love shared by a mother for her child. So in the midst of the lamentations of life, in the midst of the doubts and insecurities, we fix our minds on the unbreakable and active womb love of God. Only in that love will we find hope in the midst of our hopelessness. Only in the faithfulness of God will we know hope in our faithlessness. Not our faithfulness to him, but his faithfulness to us. Great is your faithfulness, O God, our God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, faithful God, grant to us in the midst of our lives a renewal of our faith and our trust and our hope in you, which comes not because we are worthy, but because you have promised to be that kind of God to us. Help us to trust you even those in those times when we cannot fully trace your purposes for us. 
hear us as we pray in our Savior's name. Amen. Our hymn of promise is number 85. We stand to sing, Christians all, your Lord is coming. Bow with me, please. Oh, Lord, for your faithfulness, we praise your name. We give thanks for your love and your mercy. We also give thanks for the hope we have in Christ, the one who is eternal, the one who has redeemed us and walks with us daily. May this Advent season be a journey in which our spirits are quickened and we listen so carefully for your voice. 
May we hear it and may we respond as you lead us. Even now, may we respond in the giving of our resources as we give back to you that which you have entrusted to us. Oh, Lord, bless both the gift and the giver now. For it's in your name that I pray. Amen. present these tithes and offerings to you, O Lord. We ask that you would receive them and bless them for your kingdom's work. Amen.
be seated for just a moment, please. I want to welcome those who may be visiting with us today. And if you are, we want to uh, also invite you, along with everyone else, to linger long enough in the narthex there to um, share together some lemonade and cookies. And um, we'll get to catch up on all the um, events of, of your Thanksgiving holiday. This week's calendar of activities, we go back to our regular Wednesday activities, Wednesday and Thursday, as we have each week. And um, with the one exception, we don't have the men's Bible study uh, this week. So the other, uh, one other change is that the food bank will not be open this week due to a closure of the food bank uh, distribution center and getting the order in at the right time. So we will not be open this week. I do want to make a couple of announcements about uh, other things. One is uh, we need some volunteers for next Saturday, December 7th and December the 14th from any time between 11 and 7 for the gift wrap, annual gift wrap for Family Promise at Brookwood Mall. Uh, this year, um, if you can come and be a part of that, I know that uh, Chris is up there. He would uh, be glad to sign you up, as would Brenda. And it's, uh, it's always a an interesting time to, to be able to talk to folks and you get to talk to one another a lot too in that process. So it's a, it's not all work. There's some fun involved in that as well. So I hope that you will see them and be, and plan to, to be here. And then, uh, they'll sign you up. You don't have to stay all day, but you can, right? Chris, you don't have to, but you can, uh, just to drop in and stay for an hour or two at the busiest time would be really a, a great help. Next Sunday uh, is our beloved Dr. Roxborough's last Sunday with us as uh, our teaching and preaching pastor. And um, we will sorely miss you as you go, but we want to uh, also send you off uh, with God's speed and to do so. We want to have a reception afterwards at 1215 right back behind us here. So we'll look forward to that. So anyone that you know is away, please let them know and maybe they will be here, uh, be able to be here for that as well. So. Uh, if you would come and have our benediction today, we will then hear the choral benediction. May the faithfulness of God's love encourage your hearts and fill you with peace this day and forevermore. <laughs>